Hey everybody, this is Steve Hutto with the Missions Community and also Harvest Celebration Ministries. I want to thank you for taking a listen to my podcast. Today I'm going to be talking again about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But we're going to take it from a different angle today as you'll see. I want to say that Jesus, we're going to look at Jesus in part one of this teaching and uh, his relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's really incredible when you study this, and the reason I want to do this is because it will point us to our relationship and our partnership, if you will, with the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. Now, this is John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist was chosen by, by God to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus as he came to this earth. And John the Baptist, the scripture tells us, came... He came preaching a baptism in water for repentance of sins. In other words, John the Baptist is saying, you need to get right because the Messiah is on the way. As a matter of fact, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, he's the first human that ever preached like that. Jesus came shortly after that doing it, but John came preparing the way. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. That's, that's what he really meant. And he could say that because the king was already on the earth. So if the king's here, the kingdom is here. And John was saying, you need to turn your heart back to the Father so that when the king shows up, you're going to receive him. But if you don't turn your heart back to the Father and you keep going further away from him, then you're going to miss the Messiah when he comes. And you know, I noticed that most of the people that received the teaching of John the Baptist received Jesus. And many of those, which were mainly, uh, well, not mainly, but a lot of the spiritual leaders, they rejected John the Baptist, and they also rejected Jesus. But John the Baptist said, if you're serious about this, and you're going to change your ways, then prove it. Let me baptize you in water before all these people as a proclamation of what you've committed to on the inside, an outward declaration of what you've committed to on the inside. And that's what John the Baptist was all about. But as John the Baptist, I said all that to say this, as he was baptizing, he said this one day. He said, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, he was referring to Jesus, is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Wow, that's incredible. So I want to talk to you concerning Jesus' partnership with the Holy Spirit so that hopefully it will give us a new angle, maybe a more clear angle on our involvement and our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Because I like to say it like this, if, if Jesus required something, then certainly he is our example, we also acquire the same thing, or require the same thing. So, let me ask you a question as I start. This is something you can answer out loud if you want to. I won't hear you anyway. But you can answer this, or think about it. But when did Jesus begin his ministry? Was it when he was born into the earth? Was it at 12 years of age when he was uh, found after about three days, you know, his parents kind of lost him on a trip to the Passover and they found him a few days later in the temple 
and the leaders and the teachers in the temple were kind of amazed at his hunger and the questions that he were asking. And they were like, man, for a 12-year-old, this is pretty advanced stuff he's asking. Was it then? When was it? Well, technically, the scripture tells us in Luke chapter 3, verse 23, says this, When he, Jesus, began his ministry, he himself was about 30 years of age. So when Jesus began his ministry, he was around 30. So that brings up another question I want to ask you. I've got a few more for you. What did Jesus do for the first 30 years of his life? We know by what the Bible says and doesn't say that he did not minister. Now, contrary to some of the movies Hollywood has put out, Jesus did not go around with his buddies when he was a little boy performing miracles like healing animals or healing their wounds if they fell down and skint their knee or if an animal died. You know, I know one movie I saw one time showed Jesus healing a bird because he accidentally killed him with a stone when they were just throwing rocks at the side of a hill or something. And so Jesus healed the little bird and he flew off. Well, that's not in the Bible, so it's not really significant. But what did Jesus do for the first 30 years? We don't really know, but we do know this. We know that he was under the authority of his parents. And then at some point, Joseph went off the scene. He passed away. He was under the authority of his mother. But then something launched Jesus into his ministry. What was it? What was it that launched Jesus into his ministry? We know that he, he began his ministry at, at uh, 30 years of age. We know he ministered for about three and a half years. So Jesus lived to be about 33 and a half years of age. But only three and a half years of that, he ministered on the earth and he poured himself into the 12 disciples and to those that followed him and uh, at some at Sometimes even thousands that were following him, Jesus poured himself. He poured the kingdom into these people. But so what launched Jesus into his ministry? Let's look. We're going to back up to Luke chapter 3, verse 21. It says, now, first of all, remember John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus. And it said, when all the people were baptized, this is when Jesus finally showed up on the scene and, you know, John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You know, and Jesus comes up and says, hey, John, baptize me. And John's like, wait a minute, you should baptize me. And Jesus said, permit it, it's fitting for now. So John the Baptist did. And it says now, this is Luke 21, excuse me, Luke 3, 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized. And while he was praying, heaven opened. Heaven was opened. Verse 22. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. He wasn't a dove. It was just he came down like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Now, let me start with that last part. You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. Now, this was significant. We just kind of think, oh, how sweet, you know, how powerful this was. And certainly it was. But let's back up to one day when the angel Gabriel shows up to the Virgin Mary in her house. She was just a little teenage girl. And he tells her three things. 
He says, you're going to get pregnant. This is in Luke chapter 1. You're going to get pregnant, number two. You're going to have a son. And number three, here's what you're going to name him. Jesus. And that means Jehovah who saves. Can you imagine how Mary feel? Number one, that an angel shows up. She's minding her own business. And this angel says, you're going to get pregnant. And then Jesus, of course, during this encounter, not Jesus, but the the angel Gabriel, during uh, Mary's encounter with him, began to tell him how magnificent the Messiah was going to be and this child was going to be. And and I believe that Mary just kind of stuck on one thing. You're going to get pregnant. Think about it. (laughs) You're minding your own business and some dude shows up and says, you're going to get pregnant. But boom, he's going to be great. He's going to be mighty. He's going to be the son of the most high God and all this, you know. And and so finally Mary says, okay, Gabe, I got a question for you. How's this going to happen since I'm a virgin? I've never been with a man I don't intend to until I marry the man I'm engaged to right now, and that's Joseph. And Gabriel says, hey, that's a great, great question. Here's the answer. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and for that reason, the Holy Child will be called the Son of God. So Gabriel is saying something supernatural is going to take place when the Holy Spirit comes upon you because whenever He comes upon you, the power of the Most High, the the Supreme, the All-Supreme God will overshadow you and stuff happens when that happens. So back here now to Jesus. He's finally on the scene. He goes under the water, comes up, heaven's opened up, Holy Spirit comes down, and the Father Himself. Remember when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. God says here, that's my son, and I'm well pleased with him. You see, if you were to go up and hug Jesus when he was on the face of the earth, you would be literally hugging a human being that was the Son of God. He was conceived in a human womb. He grew in a human womb. He was born out of a human womb. So when he was born, he had bones, he had blood. I mean, he was a human being, but he was not conceived of the sinful nature of the seed of man, but instead he was conceived of by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you would be hugging the Son of God. This is the one that had no sin nature because he wasn't born of man. He was born of God. He was the perfect, spotless, sacrificed lamb that God sent to be the satisfaction and the sacrifice for your sins and my sins. And you know, Joseph, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, it didn't go over too good with him. He was ready to put her away, send her away, and call off the the, uh, engagement, the betrothal, if you will. And uh, Gabriel, or some angel, appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child that has been conceived of in her, or conceived in her, is of the Holy Spirit. That's all Joseph needed. He took her as as his wife. They didn't have any relations until after Jesus was born. And so now Jesus comes up out of the water and God's looking down because the Holy Spirit came down and he says, look at there, there's my son. That's the one I conceived and conceived uh, that was conceived by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary 30 years ago. There he is. I'm well pleased. He's here to be the sacrifice lamb. 
But something else happened. When Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came down out of heaven. Remember, the heavens were open. The Spirit of God descended upon him, and Jesus was endued. This is really what I want you to say. He was endued with power from on high. This is what launched Jesus into his ministry of three and a half years on the earth. It was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, this is after this happened. Jesus had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it says in verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. So before Jesus came to be baptized in water that day, he was not full of the Holy Spirit, but he was born of the Spirit. You have there the picture of being born of God and now being empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus required both. He had to be born of God in order to have a sinless nature and be qualified to be the sacrifice for our sins. He was born of God. His conception and birth and, and upbringing on planet earth as, as the Son of God, conceived of by the Holy Spirit, born of God, born from above. I mean, he had, that's the picture of, of, of us being born again. We could never be born again of God. I could never be born again of the Spirit unless Jesus first would be conceived of the Spirit and born of God into the earth. And now Jesus, who is born of God, has been endued with power from on high. And that's the same Holy Spirit that I need and you need to go out and do what Jesus calls us to do. I'm going to say it one more time. Here, Jesus, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, after the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, he was full of the Holy Spirit when he returned from the Jordan River and he was being led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now, notice that God did not allow Jesus to be tempted by the devil until he had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Man, to walk in victory, we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And now in the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 12, the same account, but Mark says after he came up out of the water, immediately... The Spirit impelled him, Jesus, to go out into the wilderness. And that's when he was tempted by the devil. Wow. So he was full of the Spirit, led around by the Spirit, and then now the Spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness. Didn't happen until after the Spirit of God descended upon him. And then continuing in Luke chapter 4. I know we're kind of flip-flopping back and forth, but I want you to see the progression here. Luke 4, 14 and 15. And Jesus returned. Now, this is after Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness and was victorious over the devil. So the devil finally gave up and left. Luke 4, 14. And Jesus, after this, returned to Galilee. Watch this now. In the power of the Spirit. He returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through all the surrounding district. Now, watch verse 15. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Jesus, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit, led by the Spirit, impelled by the Spirit, and Jesus had a little bout with the devil, defeated him, and left to return to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then he began teaching in their synagogues. This was the beginning of Jesus' ministry on the earth at 30 years of age. Now here's another question for you. Why was Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's quite simple. For ministry. For ministry. Jesus was baptized in the same Holy Spirit that he told his disciples to wait for before they launched out into ministry. Now that's so good, I'm going to say it again. Jesus was baptized in the same Holy Spirit, remember when he came up out of the Jordan River, that he told his disciples to wait for before they launched out for ministry because it was the Holy Spirit that would launch them out. Man, that's good. Jesus was still new in his ministry and in Luke 4:18, Luke 4:18, a lot going on in Luke chapter 4. 18 through 22, it says, And he, this is right after he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. Here we go, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. And you know what? By the same Holy Spirit, he sent me to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say, today, they did, this went over their head at first, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It all happened because of the endowment of power he received from the Holy Spirit when he came up out of the water the day John the Baptist baptized him, which launched him out into ministry. It says in verse 22, everybody was speaking well of him. And they were wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? And I can remember several times when Jesus came back to his own hometown. He had some problems there. People wouldn't really believe him because they knew Jesus Maybe they didn't know he was born of God, but because he was born of God, they knew him as that mild-mannered, mild-tempered, obedient young man who would help his father and mother. He would help anybody. I mean, he would do anything for everybody, and he was just well-loved by everybody. But this same nice young man, born of God, I mean, who wouldn't be nice if they were born of God and had no sin nature, right? You're supposed to be nice as a Christian, and so am I. But now add to that the power of the Holy Spirit that energized Jesus to stand up and say things like this. The world hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. The same Holy Spirit that compelled Jesus 
to drive the money changers and all of the business people out of the temple. They were making a robber's den out of the temple. You see, this anointing on Jesus just about got him thrown off a cliff just moments after he had just read from Isaiah. Because he stood up and he began to preach and to teach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's not that what he was saying was antagonistic. It's just that those that heard it first in his own hometown couldn't receive it from him because they knew him as the little guy that grew up in their town. Jesus came back a later time. And Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. And they were saying, Well, is this not Jesus, son of Joseph? Son of Mary, are not his brothers here with us and his sisters, this one and that one? And where did he get all this wisdom? And where did he get all this, this uh, power? And, 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 you know, they just were offended by him because they couldn't connect the two. But there were many people that did receive him. And so Jesus was not only born of God, his whole conception and birth and upbringing illustrates that, but he was also empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was born of the Spirit. We talked about that. And he was also anointed by God with the Holy Spirit for ministry. And I'm going to begin to close, but in the next uh, part of this teaching, the second part, we're going to take this, Jesus our example, how he made the way for us, and how this applies to you and me. But before I close, I want us to look at Acts 10, 37, and 38. We're still talking about Jesus. Acts 10, 37, and 38. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting with Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed. You know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You can already see that's the order. For we who are born again and filled with the Spirit of God and commissioned by Jesus himself to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. Now, let me just give you a few examples as I close of Jesus ministering under the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of the things that he did. Now listen, I could go on sharing examples for the next hour without even stopping, but I'm not going to do that. I want to give you some examples here. For instance, Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit, he cast out demons. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He restored the cripple and the lame. I mean, it's all documented in the Bible. He fed the hungry, set the captives free. He lifted up the oppressed. Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit, stopped chronic hemorrhages. He healed the blind. He healed the deaf and the mute. He walked on the water, calmed raging storms more than once, turned water into wine. Jesus, under the anointing and endued with power from on high by the Holy Spirit, caused huge quantities of fish to be netted where there were not there. There weren't any there. 
And he supplied poll tax, money for poll tax from a fish. And I could go on and on and on. But let me close by saying this. Jesus did not perform one single miracle, one sign or one wonder until first he was endued with power from on high. That's why he said this. And this is where we're going to start in the next teaching in Luke chapter 24, verse 46 through 49. He said to his disciples, this was right before he went back to the Father. He said, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. That's the Great Commission. Verse 48, you're witness of these things and now 49. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Wow, just like Jesus. And then over in Acts 1 verse 8, Luke also wrote 8. He started the book of Acts with the same thing he finished the book of Luke with. He said in Acts 1.8, he said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. And then listen to what John the Baptist said as he was preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. He said this in Matthew 3.11, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. Listen to this now. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Man, that's for you and me. And we're going to talk about it in the next session, how what Jesus did the way he made for us, the way of salvation and the way to be empowered from on high to do ministry, the same ministry that Jesus did, how it can be for us and how we partner with the Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for logging on to my podcast. Thank you so much. You have a very blessed day. God bless you.